If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. If you have the same vision as International Horse College, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people, then have a look at their website, internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Now I'm absolutely delighted to bring to you today Val Hart. Val Hart's been often called the real Dr. Doolittle. We're going to talk to her a little bit about that and how she became, got that name. She's uh, a leading horse whisperer. She's an animal communicator to the stars. She's also a best-selling author of several books and been featured as expert on ABC, NBC and Fox News as well as People Magazine, Great Day San Antonio, and she's done a couple of TEDx talks to date. So she's been called an instrument of healing for the world through the animals. We're going to talk to her today about quite a few questions that she's not often asked, so uh, it'll be a little little bit different for Val. We're not going to ask her the standard questions. Now, how are you today, Val? I'm wonderful. Thank you, Glynis, and um, thank you everyone who loves animals and loves horses. You're near and dear to my heart. (laughs) Look, I'm really looking forward to talking to you, but we always start off with a favourite quote, Val. So what have you got to us today? And tell us a little bit about how you got that quote. I love it. I, this is a great way to start because there's actually two quotes. So there, there's a whole bunch of quotes, but (laughs) I narrowed it down to only two. Um, the first one is Ralph Waldo Emerson, uh, author, um, He said, riding a horse is not a gentle hobby to be picked up and laid down like a game of solitaire. It is a grand passion. Yeah, lovely. And I'm sure, you know, I mean, I just think a lot of other people listening will be reflecting that and saying it absolutely is. It's what you do. It's a lifestyle. It's a connection with horses. It's, you know, yeah, it's just you've either got it or you haven't. They change us for the better, for the, I hope the most part. Yes, um, my next quote is an Arab proverb. It is, my treasure does not glitter in a jeweled box. She gleams in the sun <laughs> and nays in the night. Yes, yes. And another one, I think that, that horse people will just get, yeah. Yeah. Now, Val, I know that within the internet, you know, it's so easy to communicate, to find out about people. You've been, you know, when you first started with horses, what gave you the calling? But the name Dr. Doolittle, the real Dr. Doolittle, did people start to call you that? How did you actually come across that name? Because it absolutely explains what you do. You know, you've got it trademarked, so so not anyone else can copy it. But how did that name come about? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Everybody wants to know. It's it's kind of fun. Um you know, I, and this is an unusual line of work. It's not like I was in school, you know, in the career yes. day and they said, yes. what do you, when you grow up and I said, I wanted to be Dr. Doolittle. Um, <laughs> so, um, but you know, I, at this point in my career, I have talked to thousands and thousands of animals all over the world, 
I founded the Heart School of Animal Communication, the Animal Talk Coaching Club. I've been in the news, done TED Talks, written and contributed to best-selling books, but it wasn't always that way. And I was not, I've not always been called the real Dr. Doolittle. Um, when I graduated with my master's degree in business administration in 1992, I was working in the corporate world for 20 years. Um, and IBM, Texas Employment Commission, I started my own market research corporation. And unfortunately, in 92, I found myself at a crossroads in my life. Mm-hmm. And a few months later, I started it, it just because what I was doing did not make me happy. It wasn't in alignment with my passion, with my purpose. You know, it didn't it yes. just didn't make my heart sing. So what so I started doing some research and soul searching actually and a few months later i started hearing about the possibility of humans communicating with animals and because i was looking for something else to do with myself um, i decided to, uh, to to do something with horses because horses and animals were the only things that actually made me happy and had always made me happy my whole life so I wanted to make a difference in the world with the animals, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I decided to, as a test case, I started. I tried working with our two cats. Yes. They were using my husband's expensive speakers as scratching posts. Um, it was not good. <laughs> he was a, a professional tenor, uh, a singer, an operatic singer, and for them to use his speakers as scratching posts, it was... It was a big problem. So I tried this exercise. I tuned in. I did this. I just intuited and downloaded kind of this process, uh, a meditative kind of process. And I focused to the cats. And to my astonishment and delight, I got to experience an intimate, mind-blowing conversation with them. And afterward, they stopped using his speakers as scratching posts, which is amazing, right? Wow. Yeah. And so shortly after that, I was helping my mentor with her horse. And the horse, a beautiful black beauty, um, she had this huge knot on her hip that was bigger than my fist. It, and it was amazing. And my, my mentor, Charlene, she was trying to figure out how to shift it and what to do to heal, you know, how to help. And at one point, I just turned to the mayor and I said, what happened, Valkyrie? And it was so amazing. Glenda, she sucked me into her memories. Wow. I felt like I experienced what happened firsthand. I could feel it. I could smell it. I could see it. I knew what she ran into. I knew how angry she was about this whole incident that happened. And when she finished sharing the story with me, we watched in amazement as that knot simply disappeared right before our eyes. Mm. And I realized that using my gift could help horses and the people who love them heal. It was mind-blowing, and it changed the course of my life. And then, just about a month or so later, there was a pre-Olympic trial dressage competition here in the San Antonio Rose Palace. And riders uh, came from all over the country. They came here to compete and I went, Charlene, my mentor, took me to expose me for the first time to dressage. And I met a rider, a Grand Prix rider, world-class rider, a fabulous horse. 
And as soon as he heard that I could communicate with animals, he grabbed me by the arm and he dragged me across the arena saying, you have to talk to my horse. You have to talk to my horse. <laughs> Please talk to my horse. And so I found myself in the stall with this fabulous horse. Um, and it turned out that when they were in practice, that this horse was perfect. When they were in the show arena competing, the horse messed things up and the, the uh, owner rider, he just could not figure out what was wrong. So I turned to the horse, his name was Occident. And I said, Oxy, so what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> and the horse told me, he said, there are three things I'm really upset about. I don't, I want my human to acknowledge them and promise never to do them again. Um, and this is what I want. Um, and if, if he'll do that, then, um, then we'll get back on track. Cause he was doing it deliberately, you know, very mm. clearly. Okay. And so, and so I told the guy, I said, well, this is what's going on. This is what I get. And, um, he, the horse wants an apology. And the guy looked at me with a little bit of a hot tempered sort of guy. Yep. <laughs> and, and he's like, you, you want me to apologize to my horse? And I said, uh, yeah, that's what your horse wants. Um, and he looked at me like, uh, okay, fine, sure, whatever. And he said, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. And the horse turned his butt to us, swished his tail, <laughs> <laughs> and clearly rejected, refused that insincere apology. So um, the guy left. He said, I got to go think about this. So he, he left, and I'm hanging out with Oxy, and uh, he comes back in a little while. And he, and he says, okay, I've thought about it. He's absolutely right on all three counts. I did do those things. I am so sorry. Mm -hmm. I got it. I mm -hmm. want it again. And the horse comes over and he puts his nose on the man's chest right over his heart. And he nudged him and they hugged each other. And they went out and they won their competition. Okay. So shortly after that he called me to houston and asked me if i would come work with other horses that also needed help yep. and that's when i started going professional that's when i was like oh my god that was in 93 mm -hmm. and so doing this a very long time um worked with um world champion cutting horses hunter jumpers racing horses endurance horses all kinds of dressage horses at all different levels with fantastic results you know, and I have to tell you, doing this work, being a horse whisperer, makes my heart sing because I know the difference it makes for the people who love horses and for the horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was shortly after that that the media got a hold of the stories. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, and they're the ones that tagged me with the the name the real Doctor Doolittle. Mm -hmm. So. They, they filmed me on the side and they did a number of, you know, shows with me. So, uh, but that's where the name came from. Okay. Okay. So someone gave it to you, you, you know? Yeah. Yes. You were tagged yeah. with it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't pick yep. it up. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, what about, because you've got this gift, you know, you've talked about how this type of work makes your heart sing. And a lot of people are, I don't want to say trapped, but a lot of people are in situations that they sort of think, oh, I've just got to get through the day at work and then I get to spend some time with my horse. You know, if they wanted to communicate with the horse better, have better time with their horse, what sort of core skills, character traits does that person need to have 
to even begin to communicate with a horse on the level that you do? Great question. I believe that every animal lover can do this. You don't Mm -hmm. have to be psychic. You don't have to have a special gift. Um, It's learned and we're born with it. It's a it's a level of energetic communication from mind to mind and heart to heart. So I would say that highly sensitive people, empathic people are naturals for it, but that doesn't mean that other personality types can't do it. I've taught students all over the world how to communicate in the heart school. Okay. So, um, you know, it's, it's easily learnable. Just being open just the thought, just the knowledge, the conscious awareness that your horse is a thinking, feeling, sentient, intelligent being mm-hmm. with a viewpoint all his or her own. You know, their needs are important. Their um, their purpose is important. Um, you know, loving them, caring about them, wanting them to be happy, not wanting to help them when they hurt. That's the place to start. Mm-hmm. And after that. Get the training that you need. You know, it's a step-by-step guidance. Get some holding, get some coaching, some mentoring. Um, develop your skills. You can do this. It's important, and it makes a difference wherever you are, wherever you start. The the big thing is is to start to do to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just a lot of people when I ask them about what they are looking for in an employee, you know, a lot of the time it is that empathy with horses, you know, they, they have to want to be there. They have to be willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. And, you know, I think that's an important thing that you've just talked about there. Yes, empathy is really important. It, it's mm. sort of empathy and imagination in some ways. It helps open the channels between okay. us. okay. okay. Because okay. they have voices, they have. You can feel what they feel. Uh, yeah, we do this with people all the time. It's just a refocusing to a different being. You know, mm-hmm. um, you you can look at someone across the room and get an immediate impression whether that person is sad or mad. Yep. Or, yep. Or struggling. Uh, yep. You can do the same thing with your horse. You know, I look at a horse across an arena or, you know, one I don't even know. And I know immediately what they're thinking and how they're feeling if they're hurting, you know, if they're struggling with something or if they're upset or angry with their person mm-hmm. or happy or not happy. You know, I know immediately what's going on. And you can do it too. Everyone can. Yeah. All right. Now, you love doing what you're doing. That's obvious. It's absolutely obvious that you love doing what you're doing. But just overall, as a successful person, you know, you've got a business background, corporate background, and you've done more than just communicated with the animals. You've also got a business there, you know, where you're employing other people. So as a business person working in the horse industry, have you got a daily habit that makes you so successful? What can you say that you do every day? And you might say, I go out and, you know, talk to my animals or talk to my horse or something like that. But What's something that you you just say, I must do this every day? Um, For me, alone time, because I am highly sensitive and empathic, Mm -hmm. um, time to recharge is really, really important. The work that I do with my clients is intense and deep, deep level work. Um, So I need some recharge time. The other thing I highly recommend is meditating. And I do that every morning before I even get out of bed. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, you know, I do it during the day in little increments. Um, being in nature is so important. Um, and consulting your own inner guidance, you know, awakening your inner guidance system, your intuitive knowing, trusting yourself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, listening, being open, asking the right questions in the right order and the right time. Okay. Uh, sometimes the problem isn't, uh, um, it, it, sometimes the problem is easily solved by simply changing the question that we're asking. Yes. Okay. And that works with horses too. Yeah, animals too. Yes, yes. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. Now, earlier on, you talked about Charlene Doyle, your mentor. How has she influenced you and helped you in your career? She's hugely instrumental in my life. I met her in the late 80s. And at that time, I was in my mid-30s. I was uh, very close to being disabled. I was in chronic debilitating pain. I had contracted Lyme disease. I had other problems, health problems as well. And um, she started putting me back together. And and her story is pretty fascinating. She um, had had like congenital heart problems, Um, abused growing up, extremely high, Mensa-level intelligence. And uh, she was severely injured, um, broke her neck um, in car accidents. A number of accidents happened to her. And she was in a wheelchair, and the doctor told her that she would be in the wheelchair for the rest of her life, and that probably, you know, wouldn't be that long. And she said, no, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. And so she Mm -hmm. started doing her own research and looking for her own answers. And it wasn't long before she had put her body back together enough to be ambulatory. Um, She started sharing the things and the gifts and the insights that she had learned through her research and her testing. And she started helping other people feel better and putting their bodies back together after severe injuries. And uh, when I met her, she, she put me back together. Um, out of that, I, I figured out it was both animal lovers that she also worked with animals and she put, she had horses and people flying in and coming in from all over the country and even outside of the country to work with her because of the results she was getting. She knows more than anyone I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I started training and learning from her. So one of my gifts is uh, my ability to help solve mis mystery illness and mystery lameness issues. So, uh, and, and a lot of what I learned, I gained, I got from her, uh, her mm-hmm. unique insights into the neuromuscular balance of the body-mind. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. 
So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. Your proudest moment, what do you think that's been? You know, is there one moment? Is it all the time? Yeah. Oh, my God. There's so many wonderful moments. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the fun ones, Glynis, is um, uh, one of the last horses that I had in my life was a Russian-Arabian, 16-2-hand, gorgeous sorrel, um, fabulous horse. And at one point, I decided to teach him to fetch. <laughs> yes. Um, and the reason for that is because I'm very much a klutz. I'm always dropping things, you know, I drop my crop, I drop my water, I drop my, you know, whatever. Um, and uh, and then also if I'm writing a pattern, you know, they ha- how they have the little orange cones, yes. you know, to create patterns and ride things. With. Well, I thought, you know, he's 16 two hands and I'm five foot three. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit hard for me to get on and off of him out in the field. So wouldn't it be cool if he could just pick the cones up and we could change the pattern while I'm riding him? <laughs> what a great idea. Yeah. And when I, when I drop my crop or my hat or my gloves or God knows what, he could pick it up and hand it to me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I did. I used clicker training. Mm-hmm. Um, and he loved, loved, loved to play this game. He He would do this all day long if I let him. Uh, he would follow me around at Liberty in the big, you know, f- however many acres the pasture yeah, was. Yeah. He would follow me at Liberty wanting to play the game. You know, tell me what else you <laughs> I'll get you something. Else. What do you want? Do you want this? And, and I, and I ta- taught him, you know, the difference between the body brush and the halter and the rope and the, and the crop <laughs> and the, you know, so. Uh, but he loved, loved, loved that. That was such a proud moment for me. That's such lovely. a love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good memories, good memories. Now, thinking about where you are now, and I'm going to take you back to a story of okay. the original Dr. Doolittle. You know, the, the original one was a fictitious character. It was, you know, like there was a series. I, I, you know, I used to read them because I was just a pony mad kid who wanted to read anything about horses. And this Dr. Doolittle, well, there was horses in it. And one of the books someone challenged him and said, you can't really talk to animals and took him to court. And the judge, you know, was trying to make a decision. Can you talk to animals or not? So the judge said to the people, get my dog. The dog came in and the judge said, ask my dog what I had for breakfast. And I can't remember the exact details. You know, the dog started to rattle off. Well, you know, you had a cup of tea, you had some toast or you had, you know, and then the judge said, how many pieces of toast? Well, you had four pieces of toast and you had two eggs and you had six rashes of bacon and you had six pancakes. And the judge said, I did not have six pancakes. I only had four because he was quite embarrassed by then. And then the dog dog said, you took another two when you thought no one was looking, right? So that, that sort of gave, you know, the judge the final opinion. Oh, okay, maybe this Dr. Doolittle, you know, does talk to animals. Do you talk to animals to that degree or is it more of a just a general overall feeling that they point you and it's a feeling-based one, not actually speaking in English? I mean, how, how does that work? 
Ah, great question. Uh, they do speak to me in, in English, mm-hmm. um, or at least that's my inner, my filter. Uh, I train okay. my yep. inner filter, translates it to English so I can understand it. Um, but yeah, I, I sometimes get incredibly specific mm-hmm. detail. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I always get the, the general feeling and the gist of it. And then we dive a lot deeper. Okay. So one of, yeah, one of the things I'm known for is the specificity of um, of the information and the clarity of what's needed, mm-hmm. you know, for and evolving and growing and reconnecting and syncing. So synchronizing. Yeah. Yep. 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 And, and I get that, that it's your filter that puts it into English. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, what about challenges for you? Because I'm sure just as in the fictitious character, a lot of people say, oh, come on, you don't really talk to animals. Do you get that? I mean, tell us about some stories there or, you know, a time that someone's challenged you and you've had to prove them that this is the way I see it. Tell us a little bit about that. I love that. You know, I love skeptics. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. Uh, you know, and I, and I teach my students. It's like, you know, it, we should all be open enough to consider new ideas and concepts. We should not be so open that our brains fall out. Yes. You know, be so open-minded that we've lost common sense and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm known as a very practical communicator. I don't. I'm not like the woo-woo uh, person with the uh, airy fairy um, got on. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't have the crystal ball and the and the purple robes or anything. Um, it's very practical, um, very down to earth. Which animals are, by the way? Yep. yep. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing at myself. I've forgotten the question. <laughs> uh, it was to do with challenges. And, you know, you talked about skeptics and as opposed to open-minded people who still have some common sense. But what do you say to skeptics? What, and don't, don't just tell us generally, but tell us a story about a time when there was a skeptic and what the result was, what you're able to teach them. Okay, so um, I told you the story of Valkyrie earlier, the black beauty percher on with a knot in her hip. Yes. So so shortly after that, um, we decided, Charlene decided, uh, after testing me on a number of different different animals, different situations, we figured out that if I would go with her to work with her clients, Mm -hmm. that if I would communicate with the animals before she worked on them and during the session, that that we could accelerate the healing process by at least 30%. Okay. And so she took me to one of her clients who is a world champion cutting horse. He raises quarter horses I, um, you know, just world champion guy, amazing man and beautiful, incredible horses. Mm -hmm. So she took me out there and this is a redneck cowboy. Think think of Texas, right? Texas. Yep. Cowboy. (gasps) You got Mm -hmm. it. Never, never takes his hat off, you know, kind of guy. Never takes his boots off sort of guy. Um, And so she introduces me to, his name is Danny. Um, she introduces me to Danny and says that I can communicate with horses. And he started laughing. I mean, guffaw, you know, <laughs> laughing, like slapping his leg, bending over in hysterical laughter. I thought that was the funniest thing he'd ever heard in his life. And Charlene said, no, no, she really can. 
Mm. Uh, give her a test, right? Yep. Give her a test. And so he gets this mischievous grin on his face and he says, okay, I've got a test for you. Uh, look, you know, little lady, come over here. Uh, okay. So, so you get the picture, right? Yep. So yep. he's got a four-year-old stud colt mm-hmm. that he is in training. He's competing and showing with, beginning to show with. And he said, if you can tell this horse, his name is Hickory, that he has to stop paying attention to the mares and he has to start doing what I ask him to do or I'm going to geld him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to be forced to castrate him. And I don't want to do that because he could have a fabulous career as a cutting horse and as a stud horse. But. He's, he's driving me crazy. He said, I am very good at handling stallions. I have never had a problem managing a stallion, but this horse, Hickory, could not give me the time of day when there's a mare around. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so he said, there's your challenge. So if mm-hmm. you can tell him yeah. to straighten up and pay attention to his job, um, then I'll, then I'll, I might believe, right? So I was like, okay, okay, this is a great challenge. So I, I start trying to talk to the horse, and the horse is looking at me like, who the heck are you? I don't have to listen to you. Right? You're a nobody in my world. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, go away. Yeah. And he's blowing me off, and I'm like, oh, God, you know, help me, help me. This is important. So this is a Tuesday. And uh, so I, I connected and talked to him there while I was – on site. Mm-hmm. I connected with him and tried to talk to him again Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning. He continues to blow me off. I'm getting more and more desperate. Um, and Saturday morning, I'm doing my meditations and I got very, very centered, very focused. And I reached out in my mind's eye and I grabbed his cheeks and looked him in the eye. And I said, Hickory, if you don't listen to me, Danny's going to cut your balls off. <laughs> and I heard him shriek. I heard him go, what? Um, and he, I could feel a shudder run yep. through him. Yep. And first time I had his undivided attention. <laughs> <laughs> and I told him, I said, listen, this is the deal. This is so important. You have to do whatever Danny asks. And you have to do it like when he asks it. Or you're in trouble. Yep. And the horse said, okay, 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 okay. I got it. I got it. And I was like, oh, thank God. You know, finally he heard me. Mm-hmm. So the next time I saw Danny, this is a week or two later, went back out there with Charlene, of course. And uh, I said, hey, Danny, what happened to Hickory? And Danny got this look on his face of like, oh, my God, I can't wait to tell you. He said, I was in competition Saturday morning, that same Saturday. Yep. I didn't know that at the time, uh, but um, so he was in competition. So I was riding Hickory and it was being his usual pain in the butt, um, calling for the mares, ignoring the cows. <laughs> and he said, all of a sudden he froze like a statue. I felt him shudder under me. He turned his head and he looked at me with this big eyed look. And from that point on, Hickory could not do what I asked him fast enough. Wow. It's like the mares ceased to exist. 
And from that point on, everything changed. And after that, I was one of Danny's new most favorite people. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. yeah. Gee, Look for good. a result. Yeah. Good story. Good story. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. Now, what about, okay, so just, you know, you're out at competitions or you're out where people have got horses and, you know, just in general, and you don't know any of these people, you haven't worked with any of them. What sort of fault, a common fault that you see with the people, with the people and the way they're communicating with the horses. What are they? Is there something common? I, the reason I want to know, Val, is because for our listeners, you know, what's a lesson that they can take and they can go, right, I really need to focus on this. I've probably been doing, you know, whatever you say and what I should focus on. What sort of a lesson can you give us with just a common fault, a common theme across people with horses? I think the most common mistake I see people make mm-hmm. is they're not listening. Okay. You know, their horse is giving them feedback and they're ignoring it. They're overriding it. They're being more forceful, try to make the horse do what they want them to do. Um, but they're not in true partnership. Um, I, I wrote a book. It's on my showhorseexpert.com website called The Seven Reasons Your Horse is Acting Out or Going Lame. And there are seven basic reasons that horses act out or go lame. And so if the horse is not having a good day, they're struggling, um, you know, you have to go back to yourself and say, okay, what am I miscommunicating? What am I not understanding? What's going on from your point of view? So the number one step is to listen to your horse. Your horse is the best riding instructor and coach you could ever have. If things aren't going well between you, you have to take a time out and ask for their advice, their input, their feedback. What do they need? They know things that you don't know. Mm-hmm. And until you've joined up energetically, mind to mind, heart to heart, you're going to be out of sync, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I, um, anyone can learn to communicate. Uh, the other tip I have, don't ever lie to your horse. Mm-hmm. If you say something to your horse and it doesn't come true, you don't follow up with it, um, you promise them something that you don't come through with, anything like that. Horses have very long memories. They hear what you say and they hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. And if you lie to them, you betrayed that relationship and you've lost their trust. It can take a long time to regain the trust of a horse. You want a goodwill horse. You want a horse with a big heart that cares about you, that would do anything for you. And if you, if that's what you want, you got to be that same kind of person back. Mm, mm, mm. So if you have ever lied to your horse, if you, if you just got an aha, uh-oh moment, then go to them and apologize and tell yeah. them you're sorry. Explain what happened and, and make a promise you can keep. Yep. Now, just tell us quickly about that book again, your free gift. Yeah. People can find it at showhorseexpert.com. Yes, showhorseexpert.com. Yep. Uh, it's called The Seven Reasons Your Horse is Acting Out or Goes Lame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
you'll love it. There's a lots of fun stories in there, um, and uh, it, it'll get you started. I, I know a lot of people tell me, you know, every day how much they loved it, what they got out of it, how they saw themselves in something, how it opened up. They had a breakthrough moment. Okay. You know? Good. Um, yeah. So good. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Now, Val, what are you looking forward to at the moment? Have you got something that you think, right, I've really got to write that book or I've really got to go there or do that? What's coming? What have you got coming up? Well, you know, my vision is living in a world where everyone can communicate with animals, you Mm -hmm. know, where we all know how sentient and intelligent and feeling beings they really are. And my mission is to reach and teach a million animal lovers around the world how to communicate. I think that when we do that, I know that when we do that, we're going to make more of a difference for horses and their people. Um, People can become their own horse whisperers. Mm -hmm. And in the process, we can change the world as we know it. so there you go. You know, I I'm, I teach, um, I speak, um, you know, I try to reach as many people as I can to bring this message. I think it's that important because learning to recognize and respect and revere animals for who they are, truly are yep. makes us better people. And God knows we all need to be the best version of ourselves possible. Sure. Yep. Well, you know, I know you say a million do you have a number count? I mean, do you say, right, well, at the moment I've reached this many people or is it just, oh, I'm just going to, I mean, why stop at a million? Because there's more people than that in the world. And Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's my first goal. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm just wondering goal. if you've got a count where you're up to. I don't. Uh, but, okay. you know, when we, when we go through, like, how many people have watched my videos, mm-hmm. uh, you know, gotten the courses, how many um, people, you know, are in my community, how many people are following me on Facebook and social media, you know, how many people are getting it, Yep. you know, um, in my podcast, I have a podcast called The Real Dr. Doolittle Show with Val Hart. Mm-hmm. Um, last time I checked, it seemed, uh, it's been a while ago, but we had close to half a million who have actually heard a show or more mm-hmm. uh, from the Dr. Doodle show. So it feels to me like we're getting close. Yeah, which yeah. Is- well, that's right. And then, you know, look at your next goal. So, <laughs> all yes. right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Val, if you were going to, you know, summarise your philosophy just into a sentence or two, into a message for listeners, you know, we're sort of getting towards the end of the show, what would you say if you just had to go a sentence or two to give people a message? You know, when animals are trying to tell you something, pay attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's important. Um, you know, I, I love that people love and care about animals. I think there's something really important about that because, again, they make us better people. They help us heal, evolve, and grow. And to me, that's what we're here for. That's our purpose together. Okay, good. Good. All right. Now, if people would like to contact you, I'm sure that if they go to Show Horse Expert, they'll be able to contact you. But what's another way? We'll have all those details as well on horsechats.com slash Val Hart or go to horsechats.com, search for Val, search for Hart, search for Doolittle, you know, for Dr. Doolittle. But if they're going to contact you direct, what's the best way? 
uh, email would be great. You can contact Val at valhart.com. And just a reminder, H-E-A-R-T, like your beating heart. Yep. yep. Email me at contactval at valhart.com. Okay, perfect. All right, then. That's great. And Val, thank you. Thank you so much for your open-minded common sense, you know, and I think that's important that everything you say about people having more empathy, you doing something that makes your heart sing, you know, and um, just for people to be open-minded, be open-minded, give this stuff a go and, um, you know, just see how much the relationship with your horse improves. So thank you for coming today. We've uh, really appreciated the chat. Uh, Me too. I'm so glad we had this time together. Mm -hmm. Thank you all for loving and caring about animals. You're my kind of people. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Val. Bye. You're welcome. Bye, everybody. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.